The School at the Chalet, Chapter 7, The Turnjock Some new people came this morning, said Grizel. They were all five, Joey, Simone, Bernhilda, Frida, and herself, gathering flowers in the stretch of meadow that lies between Sispitz and Tornswald. The flowers in the troll are wonderful, and now in mid-May the place was a veritable fairyland. Even Grizel and Joey, fresh from Cornwall, where the wealth of bloom is almost as rich as it is in Devon, were thrilled with the riches at their feet. They gathered many flowers in armfuls that they would later arrange in bowls and jars at the chalet. There had been a good deal of chatter about school affairs, or rather Joey and Grizel had done the chattering, and the others had put in an occasional word. Now Grizel changed the conversation. Some new people came this morning. How interesting, said Bernhilda politely. Were they English? They looked like it, said Grizel. There were three of them, father, mother, and girl, about fourteen, I should think. Perhaps another pupil for the chalet school, suggested the older girl, glancing at her watch as she spoke. I think if we do not mind that we had better return now, as we shall have tea at four o'clock, put in Joey. You told us the time before, Bernhilda, and it is so muddling when you talk of sixteen o'clock. Bernhilda laughed. She was rather sedate, well-mannered girl, and Miss Bettany had already decided to appoint her as second prefect. Giselle was to be head girl, and Bed and Gertrude would be subs. Madge would have preferred an English girl as head, but Griselle was too irresponsible and Joey too childish for her to dream of it. Bernhilda now led the way to the gasses. Her arms slipped through Griselle's while the other three followed Joey, keeping up a lively flow of conversation, to which shy Frida only responded by smiles. Simone had remained glued to her side the whole afternoon, and was beginning to dawn on Joey that she might have undertaken a friendship which was to prove rather tiresome on occasions. In this order they reached the hotel, where kindly Frau Munch was awaiting them with tea accompanied by great platefuls of delicious-looking little cakes which Joey knew must have come from Innsbruck, since such things were unprocurable in the lake villages. She welcomed them cheerfully, and soon they were all sitting around the table while their hostess inquired, Die mit Zitron oder mit Rum? With a sudden shock, Joey realized that she was being asked whether she would have tea with lemon in it or rum. She hated the one and had no idea of taking the other, so she was not very sure what to do. Luckily, Bernhilda came to the rescue. Oh, Mama, she said, I think Joey and Griselle prefer the meat milk. Do you not? Turning to them. Yes, if you please, replied Joey promptly. Fra Munch smiled kindly and ordered milk. The milk was brought and the tea was made, the Minches taking it in the same way, though Frida evidently disliked it. Towards the end of the meal, Herr Munch appeared. He was a big, jolly man with fair hair and gray eyes, and since he was in one of the big banks in Innsbruck, his English was much more fluent than his wife's. 
His children obviously adored him, and he sat down, pulling Frida on his knee with a loud and hearty kiss. What hast thou done today? I have studied my lessons for Monday, replied Frida seriously, and I have helped our guests to gather flowers. Such glorious flowers, put in Joey eagerly. I do think the Tarnsee is lovely. Thou lovest it already, Fraulein. He looked pleased. It is my home, where I was born. I fished yonder. He pointed to the blue lake waters. Many a day ere I was thine age. I climbed the Tarnjok when I was about eleven, and brought my mother some Edelweiss. Ha! But my father was angry. I had gone in disobedience, you understand, and his stick was ready for me. But my mother begged him off, and there was no punishment that time. He broke into a great roar of laughter, and the girls joined in with him. Why should you be punished for climbing the turn, Jacques? asked Grizel curiously. Which is it, Herr Munch? The turnjock is dangerous for all but the most experienced climbers, he replied, and the Edelweiss grows only in one part, which is the most dangerous of all. Thou dost not know it, Meinkind. Come then, and I will show it to thee. We will walk to Buchau. Canst thou walk so far? And Fräulein Joey, the little one? Then we will go to Buchau. And from there I will name you the mountains, and all three shall see them. They set off through the thick grass, listening eagerly, while Herr Munch told them all about the time when he was a boy there. We did not then think of the hundreds of tourists from all countries who would come and visit our little lake, he said, and now we have even a school. Papa, Grizel saw some English people come today, said Bernhilda. They are at the Troller Hof, and there is a girl of our age. Perhaps she will come to the chalet school. That would be very pleasant, another compatriot, he replied seriously. Now see, my children, there is the Terenjok, the large one who lifts his head into the clouds. In front of him stands the Bernjok, and on the other side the Metalberg, all very difficult to climb. That one that seems to watch over is Bressu. See how he bends protectingly. He went on explaining to them all about the mountains. We climb there some day, if Fräulein Bettany will permit it. It is a walk up the valley, and then it is very pleasant on the mountain with flowers growing and butterflies so tame they will not flutter when one approaches. How topping, said Joey. I should love that. I want to climb the Chernjok, said Grizel suddenly. I like difficult things. The kindly giant, he really was almost a giant, looked down at her with a smile. A good magician will wait until there is time for a whole day and a guide. That cannot be until the summer. Then perhaps it may be possible, but the little expedition up the Modchen Spitz can be made on a Saturday, and we will take the herdsmen some tobacco and drink their milk, which is very rich with cream, and so come back. To climb the Turnjok, one must start very early in the morning before the sun has risen, and climb for six to eight hours before one reaches the summit. But the Modchen Spitz 
That is a nice little climb. Griselle said nothing further, but her lips set in obstinate lines, and Joey, looking at her, felt assured that it would take more than Herr Munch's speech to make her change her mind. I wish he hadn't said anything about it, she thought to herself. I know Griselle will think of nothing else now, and I shall have to spend half my time trying to persuade her not to. How heartily she was to wish this thing before the summer was over, Joey did not then know, which was perhaps just as well. Now she turned her attention to Herr Mensch, who was pointing out the mountains behind them and naming them off. Papa took us there two years ago, observed Bernhilda. We stayed at the Gathschus at Primlur, and our cousins came too. It was very pleasant there. "'and they have many lovely flowers. "'You would love them, Grizel.' "'Did you climb any of them?' asked Joey. "'Oh, no. "'The dormites are very difficult to climb,' "'explained their young hostess. "'But Papa and Paul used to go for days. "'Once or twice they took my brother with them.' "'Brother? "'I didn't know you had a brother,' "'interrupted Grizel, somewhat rudely. "'One must admit.' Oh, yes, my brother is eighteen, nearly nineteen. He is at the University of Bonn, replied Bernhilda. He will be a doctor some day, and perhaps I shall be his housefrau. Still, until he marries, perhaps he won't, suggested Joey. I know Dick, my brother, says he won't. He says that Dakon is no place for a woman, and he loves his work too well to give it up. "'I hope Gottfried will marry some day,' said his sister earnestly. "'We all hope that,' said the father. "'And now that we must be returning, for there is a quite a long walk, and the little one looks weary.' He reached out a big hand and pinched Simone's cheek as he spoke. She blushed and edged nearer to Joey, who felt suddenly cross with her. If Simone was going to be so idiotically shy and stick to her like glue all day joey felt things were going to be tiresome and why oh why didn't she talk instead of standing there deathly silent it's been awfully jolly of you to show us all these things herr munch she said with a surreptitious poke at simone it makes me seem twice as nice to know the names of all the places doesn't it simone Yes, replied Simone faintly. We are all going up the Bernbad Alp some Saturday soon and have cream, went on Joey. Maria Maria Peffin, who does the work for us, says that it is awfully nice cream and it's an easy climb, so we will all be able to go even the new little borders. Did you know that we have two new borders on Monday, Bernhilda? No, I had not heard of that replied Bernhilda. Well, we are. Margia and Amy Stevens. Margia is eleven, and Amy is about the same age as Maria Marini. That makes five of us boarders, and perhaps we shall get some more. Suddenly, Grizel caught her arm. Look, she cried. There are those people I told you about this morning that I saw going to the Troll Hof. They all looked with interest at the trio, who were walking in their direction. A tall bronze man, an erect soldierly bearing, a small slight woman, sallow of skin and fashionably dressed. 
a schoolgirl of fifteen or whereabouts, whose most notable features were a pair of enormous dark eyes and a large fair pigtail swinging at her back. She was walking slightly behind the others, and there was a sullen, unhappy look in her face, just as the two parties met. The woman turned to her, saying sharply, Juliet, hold yourself up. Good gracious me, child, you look positively deformed. Put your shoulders back at once. The sharp, scolding tone brought back her stepmother to Grizel, and involuntarily she shivered. Joey, noticing, slipped an arm through hers with a little squeeze. The girl, Juliet, looked at them curiously as she passed them. She had made no effort to straighten herself, and Bernhilda commented on this when they were out of hearing. "'But how disobedient!' she remarked. "'I can tell you their name,' said the father. "'He is Herr Captain of the Indian Army, Captain Carrick. "'He came into the bank this morning to change some money.' "'I don't think he looks kind,' said Joey. "'What a pretty name the girl has, Juliet. "'Don't you think so, Grizel?' "'I thought she looked dreadfully unhappy,' replied Grizel. "'And how funny to have fair hair with those dark eyes. "'Do you think so?' asked Bernhilda. "'There are a great number of people living in Wien who are like that. "'But as for unhappy, she did not do as she was told.' "'Herr Munch approved of this. "'The young should always obey,' he said. "'Is that not so, my little Frida?' "'Frida, who would as soon have thought of flying as of disobeying her parent said in her shy soft voice yes papa grizel made a little impatient movement but joey's hand on her arm checked any remark she might have thought of and they went on to gathsus talking about the mountains and the girls went in and the three boarders got their flowers and said good-bye to frau mensch she kissed them all and told them to come back whenever they liked then accompanied by bernhilda and frida they went out to find herr munch waiting for them at the boathouse come he said it is a long walk and declain looks tired i will row you across to your own landing stage bernhilda and frida you may come too run frida and tell mamma Frida ran quickly back and presently returned, and they pushed off. It was glorious on the lake. The day had been very warm for mid-May, but now with the evening had come a little cool breeze that ruffled the surface of the water into tiny ripples and set the curly ends round Grizel's face dancing gaily. They rowed out into the center, and then Herr Munch rested on his oars and nodded towards the mountain he had named for them. Appengluckjok. Look, he said, Appengluck tonight. They turned and looked. As they did so, they saw the gray limestone crags flushed into rosy life with the reflection light from the setting sun. All along the westward side of the Tarnsee, the peaks caught the glory in reflection on the silver thread of mountain, cataract high up into the Sonnen Schinspitz, and even cast a faint glow over the lake. For five minutes the wonder lasted, and then it began to fade, and Herr Munch took up his oar again and rowed them in a leisurely fashion to the chalet landing stage. It is beautiful, said Joey in a low tone. 
her imaginative temperament had been fired by the loveliness of what she had just seen. I have seen it once or twice from the windows, but never from the water before. Yes, it is a glory, replied Herr Munch, but it always brings bad weather with it. We shall have rain tomorrow. He brought the boat up to the landing stage as he spoke and helped them out. Madge had seen them coming and ran down the path to meet them. When the Munches had gone and were beyond calling range, she turned to the three. Girls, she said, I have news for you. We have another day girl. She is an English girl whose parents are Anglo-Indians. They have just come to the Tarnsey. When they heard of us, they came at once, and she starts on Monday. She is fifteen and a half, and has only been to school in the hills. Her people are army people, and her name is— Juliet Carrick? burst out Grizel impatiently. Oh, Miss Bettany, is it? Is it? Do say it is. Madge looked at her in amazement. Yes, it is, she answered. But how did you know? They explained to her about the meeting near Brockow and Grizel enlarged on the way Mrs. Carrick had spoken to the girls. "'I believe she's her stepmother,' she concluded. "'No,' said Madge, "'she isn't. "'Don't get wild ideas into your head, Grizel. "'If they only came to the Tarnsey today, "'I expect they are tired, "'and that is why Mrs. Carrick scolded.' Grizel said nothing further, "'and Madge thought no more about it. "'But when Herr Munch heard, he looked thoughtful. I hope things will go well with Fräulein Bettany, he said to his wife. I did not like that man. I do not trust him. And he resolved to advise Madge to write to her brother at the earliest opportunity and see if any information could be gathered about these people who had come so suddenly. However, when he spoke about it some days later, he found that she had done that very thing already. I know it seems mad to take everyone so abruptly, she said, but they were so anxious, and, well, somehow he persuaded me, and they have paid a term's fee, of course, and if I find from my brother that she is n not a desirable pupil, I can get rid of her quite easily by saying that we are full up. Anyhow, it is probably for this term only, and as they expect to go to England in September, but they had heard of the Tarnsee and thought they would like to see it. So they broke their journey home. And after that, the good-natured Austrian felt he had nothing left to say for the present. Miss Retro Reads is brought to you by Anchor. Anchor is an app that helps you record your podcasts, edit it, insert music or sound effects, or even background music. There's so much more you can do with this app than I do. And they distribute it wherever you're listening to it right now. So thanks, Anchor, and thank you for listening to Miss Retro Reads.